Welcome to Intrepid Media, the show for the business professional. Here, we're going to talk about business topics such as leadership, sales, marketing, HR, innovation, strategy, and technology. But we're also going to riff about lifestyle too and help you look better, feel better, and live better. This show is everything the modern business professional needs, from the C-level executive to the millennial. So let's get on with the show. Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Been looking forward to this conversation for several weeks since I first got wind of this gentleman and his upcoming book. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Covers a wide range of discussion uh, that we've had on this show over the years. And so uh, going to shed some interesting light on a number of things uh, and will make us think that I have no doubt. So I'm looking forward to it. Let's get to the show. We're joined today by Sid Mohasib. He is the author of a new book called The Caterpillar's Edge, Evolve, Evolve Again, and Thrive in Business. He's also an adjunct professor at the University of Southern California. Sid, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, and hello to your audience. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. I appreciate you making time. Looking at your bio, uh, it sounds like you're involved in about a billion things right now. So grateful that you uh, have some time to join us. Appreciate you making time. Uh, before we get into our conversation about this book of yours, The Caterpillar's Edge, take a few quick seconds. Tell us a bit about some of the things you're out there doing right now. Sure. I think it might help the audience in terms of how uh, I got to write the book to learn a little bit about how I got here in my in my life. Uh, I, uh, I'm a graduate of USC in engineering and technical economical planning and started my first business while I was in, uh, in college and then joined a consulting firm and helped really large organizations for a number of years, became a partner there. The 90s was filled with building companies and doing turnaround work with middle market essentially. And the uh, later years, the 2000 years, I was... Uh, and angel investors and ran a fund, a uh, venture capital fund, and was involved with uh, mostly uh, very early stage uh, companies. And have sat uh, really in multiple positions in the company, from a board member to CEO to the operator to the founder of a startup and to the investor who wrote the check and uh, uh, wanted to make sure that the companies would get to the next stage. And in the past five years or so, uh, as a result, after selling a company to KPMG, I joined them and was the uh, national lead for strategic innovation for the strategy group. And I think that that kind of has given me a a very broad spectrum of experience having sat in, again, the different chairs within the organization and viewing the objectives from different perspectives. Well, it certainly is a wide range of experiences that can shed a lot of different perspective on a lot of issues. So how would you define this book, this new one called The Caterpillar's Edge, Evolve, Evolve Again, and Thrive in Business? Is it really a book just about innovation and growth? I mean, how would you define it? I started uh, essentially writing the book with this notion that when I looked at uh, all companies, again, uh, ranging from startups all the way to, uh, to big companies, it was, it was designed originally for the CEOs, and I'll tell you how it has evolved itself. Uh, it was this notion that there is really the world is changing. It's a different place to compete at. Uh, innovation is, is constantly coming from all over the world. Uh, consumer and customer expectations in general are just shifting and changing. And the old ways of doing things, planning to, to win, uh, really uh, don't apply. 
we are addicted to certain things that uh, certain ways of doing business that may have worked in the past and they were great but the cycles of innovation and the cycles of things that we need to do is entirely different and it's not just about agility and doing things faster because if we go in the wrong direction and we go faster we just get to the wrong destination faster so it's about a way of changing our mind and viewing the problem and solving the problems and turning them into advantages for companies what has happened is, after I've written the book, and again, it, it has evolved, by the way, a number of times to get to the place that it is now, I have found that it, it has actually, by a number of folks that have read the advanced copies of it, that, that they've told me that this is actually uh, really relevant for, uh, for their personal life, uh, because the key message is don't leave change to chance. Uh, and gain the edge and, and beat the odds, uh, like the caterpillar as an analogy, as it evolves multiple times before uh, it turns to a butterfly. And the first thing that the butterfly does, it lays eggs for the next generation. Uh, it's fascinating. I mean, you, when you talk about, uh, well, when you think about the space you're in, innovation and growth and and startups and early stage and, and, and down the road a bit. And then all the other things that you've been involved in starting businesses. The last thing you think about as a metaphor is the caterpillar. I mean, it just seems like such a, a counterintuitive way to think about this. But it's when you allow yourself to think on it and dwell on it, it's a fascinating analogy to how you ought to be thinking about this. I mean, a million directions I want to take this conversation, uh, Sid. So let me just start here. I mean, you just said... Uh, don't leave change to chance. Now, here's the deal. I mean, change is something that scares most people listening to this broadcast in a big way. They don't like it. They don't, they don't want to accept it. They don't want to deal with it. In my view, change, constant change is the new normal. Change is no longer something that might happen to you. We're constantly evolving. It's never-ending. How do you, I guess the first question is, how do you change your mindset, your focus, your perspective to understand that change is, is constant now and that's a, that's a good thing? That, that's a great question. And I think it goes to that fundamental thing that, that I say about shifting your mind. The first thing is we're addicted to the way that we have been doing things. It's comfortable. We have a rhythm. You know, if you look at an organization, the organization, if you look at IBM, it has its own rhythm. Google has its own rhythm. We call it the culture. We call it the way they do things. You know, they get up, they interact with each other in certain ways and so forth. Us, as in, in our personal life, we have a rhythm. And we like that rhythm. It's, uh, it's hard to change that rhythm. Unless, I, uh, you know, I say in the book that there are two things that impact it. One is the notion of severity of the problem. That means if we, uh, I joke around and say, you know, I've smoked for a number of years, and I'll say the first time I have a heart attack, I'm going to quit smoking, because it is severe. It is something that I have, to, I have to do. So for our livelihood, if we see that something is essential for us to change, we will change. The second is the trust of what to change to, because we don't want to just randomly change. So the combination of those two essentially uh, gets us to the next stage of accepting a direction of change. And the first thing is this admittance that, hey, the world is changing a lot faster. And if you look around and ponder for a minute on our own, we'll see that every industry has changed. When I look at the utilities business to airlines to healthcare, 
Everything has changed. So if we approach solving the problem the same way that we've been doing it 50 years ago, it probably is not a valid way of doing it. We, most people recognize that change is all around us. The question is, do we want to kind of embrace that change? My notion is that let's not have it done to us. Right. <laughs> because if we don't control the change, if we are not mastering our own and leave it to chance, the change will happen around us. Yep, yep. Well, I got to tell you, I think the subtitle of this book is my all-time favorite because most books <laughs> most books out there on a subject such as this the the title would be evolve and and then thrive in business. No, I mean I, I love the fact that it's evolve, evolve again because most people most people as you know, they they're they fear change, so they would they wouldn't like to evolve. They, they wouldn't be in their comfort zone to evolve, let alone evolve again. I mean, talk about why. Uh, I mean, to, and I guess maybe in your world, some people think of this pivoting, however you want to define it. But, yeah. but the, 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 we're talking, let me tell you, constant change. I mean, an organization in today's world is, is, is in constant evolution, Yes. Yeah, that, that, that is absolutely true. It is in constant evolution. So if you look at this notion of emergence, I'm not sure if, in, uh, you know, if you're familiar with the concept of emergence. Yes. It is, uh, for example, if you look at uh, a flight of uh, birds flying, they, they kind of change their you know, pigeons. So they, they fly in certain directions and so forth. It has its own, if you would, uh, set of guidance that's internal to it. An organization does the same thing. It evolves. If you look at Microsoft, and, and Apple, they both started with this vision of creating a personal computer. But look at how each one of them ha has emerged. So that evolution that they've gone through has really created their own destiny, right? Right. And it is, it is this notion that, uh, if you look at it, they have evolved multiple times to get to where they are now. And if you look at some companies that stopped that evolution, they have actually kind of fallen off the cliff. Uh, you know, take the uh, uh, companies like the, uh, the cell phone company that had a you know, great deal of market share and they're no longer really, really valid anymore. Mm -hmm. So evolving, by the way, is very different. Uh, there's, there's this notion that, that people say when I say you've got to be dynamic and evolve, it gets confused with erratic change. Right. <laughs> that means... Pivoting isn't, isn't you know, the flavor of the day. There has to be some purposeful discovery of what the next advantage is. And when the probabilities are in your advantage, that's where you have to pivot. And not necessarily just have a, you know, a strategy de jour. <laughs> right, right. Well, how many organizations pivot when, not, when they really don't need to or shouldn't? But they like saying to the public, hey, we're pivoting, which yep. means we're cool and hip and we're in the throes of all this startup. Yeah, I get it. I get it. All right. Sid and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. In today's workplace, business leaders face significant pressure to recruit and retain the best employees, to effectively build a team, to create a culture that is healthy, productive, and dynamic and to empower their staff in managing stress and finding balance. And behind all those pressures is one goal, to strengthen and grow the business. And too many organizations struggle with this. Unlimited Coaching Solutions provides customized strategies and training to help reach your goals and take your teams to the next level. Call them today at 585-248-9322 
or find them online at unlimitedcoaching.com. All right, I am back with Sid Mahasip, the author of a new book called The Caterpillar's Edge. So, Sid, at the top of the show, you talked about addiction. But I got to tell you, I have never thought about addiction in the context of business, and it's freaking brilliant. I love it. When you think about an organization that's just in a rut or in a routine that they can't get out of, or as we have been in the context of, of our discussion, they've just, they're fearing change, so they just keep doing what they've always done. There's a there's a process that they're used to that they're accustomed to, and they're addicted to it. And and it, you always say, hey, you got to change that. You got to rethink how you do it. You got to pivot. You gotta, however you want to define it. And and that's easier said than done. But when you think about it in the context of addiction, well, then you can kind of think about it. All right. Well, what do you do when you are addicted to something, and how do you begin to break that cycle? But so it's an interesting way to think about it. Talk more about that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we uh, for example, have these orthodoxies and biases that, you know, a lot of folks uh, at, at my age say, hey, you know, I've done this for a thousand times. That's the way it is. Right. So that assumption that that's the way it is based on my 30 years of experience, and we call it gut, we call it whatever you want to call it, is fundamentally directing us into a series of decisions and actions that's based on those assumptions. Or our, our, our company, we, we're just too big to do that, or we're, we don't have enough money to do that. So we begin with certain assumptions that we've been trained by previous folks or we have, uh, we're comfortable in, in, in those arenas. Uh, be it things like, oh, it's, we've always done it that way. And those things essentially chain us to, to the status quo because we start with a place where we draw an arbitrary line around our growth and evolution. And then we play within that, those lines that we've already drawn. So the first thing is admittance that we do have an addiction. You know? and, and if we admit that we are addicted to things, then we can begin to examine it. And it's not like, let's throw everything that we believe in business out the door. The basic business is pretty much the same. But can we use this whole idea of data and analytics to discover new things, to re-examine our addictions? And if we examine it intelligently and it proves to be correct, fine. We, we could follow those, uh, you know, those things that we have believed. But uh, we should not accept old orthodoxies just because they're old orthodoxies, because right. those are the things that are you know, uh, not letting us, letting us move. Yeah, well, the key there is re-examining, right? So it's, it's yeah. that, okay, well, we've always done it this way. I always know I'm going to win against an organization when that's their mindset. And, and when someone is willing to kind of re-examine and adapt and evolve, as you say, evolve and evolve again, that's when you know you're up against an organization that that is much more agile and, and more capable of adapting to the ever-changing environment. I, I guess it's criminal that we're deep into the second half of the show and really haven't talked about the caterpillar analogy here. So the, again, the book is called the the Caterpillar's Edge: Evolve, Evolve Again, and Thrive in Business. Uh, explain to us uh, why we should be looking at the life cycle of our organization through. The, the story of the caterpillar. Well, uh, a, a caterpillar uh, evolves multiple times. Most people think that you know, there's okay, here's the caterpillar, and boom, it's uh, it's the it's the butterfly. It has multiple stages of growth. It has about four thousand muscles that it controls. That's about four times or f- five times what a human being has, and it manages the control of all those muscles in terms of these stages of evolution. 
So uh, if you take that analogy and look at a company, uh, no one is, is suggesting that we can evolve overnight. It's an incremental thing where, uh, you know, a caterpillar assesses the dangers that's outside to it and then kind of scales that growth with respect to those things. It deals with a lot of external elements as well as internally within, within its cocoon. But it's always d doing the evolution, evolving, uh, you know, uh, continuously. So for us as a company or individually, we, don't, we shouldn't expect that we're going to be a completely different species like going from a caterpillar to a butterfly overnight. But it requires us to be moving and changing all the time in a direction that may change because external influences are, uh, are there. I call the I call the you know the the world of competitive uh, the competitive world these days is, is kind of like a reality show mm. where the ending is really unknown. You don't, you can't predict the ending. In the old days, you could say, "Here's the movie. Okay, here's where it begins. This is the middle. This is the end." A reality show, the ending depends on what the different players and how the different players act. You've got customers and changing expectations. You've got technology and the evolution of technology. You've got competitors and innovation that uh, completely changes business models. You've got market dynamics. You've got dynamics in the political arena with, like, you know, like the nationalism and, the, and, and changes in the trade wor world. So the competitive world is more like a, uh, like a reality show, and it requires us to be prepared to change and pivot and evolve all the time to be able to deal with those unpredictables. Well, if I'm hearing you correctly, I mean, the, the problems that we're identifying here is that there are some organizations that just refuse to change, and then there are some organizations that say, hey, we're supposed to change, and so we're going to follow the very strict three-step process here. Yep. And they're ignoring the external influences, which is what you're saying yep. the Caterpillar can do is, is yeah, you know, it has a process by which it does change and evolve, but it does it does it to the external environment that's impacting it, and that's what that's the other mistake organizations make is they don't pay attention to those external impacts, which is fascinating. Yeah. So, uh, uh, one one thing I may add there, uh, Todd, is uh, what I've seen is big or small. No, these are very committed individuals, CEOs and managers, and, and and so forth, leaders that do want to evolve. They do want to change, but the key is that. If you want to change using the same playbook, because the, the, the game has changed. This is like a basketball game, and we were playing a football game. If you want to use the rules of a football game and apply it to a basketball game, the likelihood of success is significantly reduced. Right. The, yep. the rules of the game now has changed. So it's not their commitment to change. It's if you, and, and that's where the change in you know, shifting in mind comes in. Yep, they yep. have to view the problem differently. Well, I see, and we talked, we touched on this at the top of the show. The, the the pacing of this, I think, is is difficult and confusing for a lot of organizations to get a handle on. Is is that there's a lot of literature out there, said a lot of books that say, "Hey, you got to move quick. You got to be agile. You need to just boom, yep. boom, 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 make these changes instantly." It's not really how it should work. I mean, the whole point of of your message here is that. You know, as you said, the caterpillar does not change to a butterfly overnight. It takes time, yeah. plus the external impacts that, that impact that. I mean, 
there's so much content out there that says you have to do this fast. Now, you, you can't dawdle and you can't go slow because then you're going to miss an opportunity. How do you judge that? How do you figure out the right pacing so that that you're not over you're not rushing this but you're also not missing opportunities that's i guess that's the thousand dollar question huh that 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 is a big question one of the things that i that i preach is we have this notion of measuring things right and we usually measure when we put a strategy or a plan together we measure what the outcome is six months or a year down the road at the end of the quarter in terms of did we make enough money if we did, then we'll say the strategy is working, right? But basically, that's not measuring the strategy. That's not measuring our approach. That's not measuring how we're evolving. That's just measuring what the outcome was, which may be as a factor of our competitor went out of business. We hired a good salesman. We, I mean, there's a thousand different reasons that could influence that outcome. So if we begin to measure the strategy as opposed to just the outcomes, that would help us at least be closer to the direction of the evolution, if, hmm. the, if that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. We're running low on time. I want to close on a point that you made earlier that I think is really critical here, and I think, again, a lot of organizations miss this. Uh, thinking about all this in the context of the life cycle of a caterpillar, a caterpillar doesn't live forever. There is a future stage there. You talked about how they, once they're a butterfly, they, they move into the next phase of, of, of going from there. I mean, I, talk about what an organization does. Maybe it achieves a level of su- that it defines su- success and becomes its butterfly. It doesn't end there. There's, there's further work to be done. There's more leaders to develop. There's other opportunities to, with which to pursue. There's other strategic decisions to be made to kind of take it to the next level from there. Therein lies yet another crossing point that a lot of organizations fail to achieve. Talk about the, the once you're a butterfly, where do you go from there? That's, that, that's an excellent point. I, I wish I could have figured out another species that would, uh, that would show <laughs> me. Uh, so the minute you are a butterfly, uh, you know, what I say is that it lays the egg for the next generation. You're actually another caterpillar. Right, right. Uh, the, the, the key is that all advantages are temporary today. There are no, in the old days, we had sustainable advantages and we could, you know, take things, you know, put all the competitive forces together and we'll hunker down and then defend our castle and we'll be on top of the world for five, ten years. The key is that those advantages come and they are sustainable for a shorter time. Because things are moving, a five-year time frame is now a two-month time frame or a six-month time frame. So it's, it's not that we can't get to an advantage and we can't defend it. We could. But the change external to us has collapsed the time that, that we need to evolve at. And what that means is that the minute that we get to an advantage, we would have to think about the next advantage. And actually, on the way there, we have to think about the next advantages. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love this idea that all advantages are temporary. See, that's, see, that's what we talked about earlier, is that, that you, you achieve a certain level that you determine as a successful one, and you think, boom, I'm done, I'm here, I can coast. No, you can't. Because there is when you sit there and say, oh, time for me to evolve again, which is therein lies why I think the subtitle of this book is so brilliant, because that's the key to this, is you have to continue to evolve. And, and the organizations that continue to thrive, continue to, to innovate and continue to survive in what is a, what's, what's to say, a complicated business market, 
those are the ones that are continuing to lay more eggs for the for the next round. I mean, that's that's that's, that's exactly the difference. Right. All right, exactly well, right. Sid, you and I could. There's a number of rabbit holes we could go down here that could extend the conversation <laughs> another couple of hours. Uh, unfortunately, we're out of time for today. Before I let you go, should anyone have any questions on any of this, how do they find you? And then most importantly, where do they get their hands on a copy of The Caterpillar's Edge? How to find me is if they Google me, Sid, S-I-D, at, at Mohasseb, my last name, M-O-H-A-S-S-E-B, they will find me, and my email is sid at mohasab.com. They could find me. I'll, I'll respond to all emails. If they type the Caterpillar's Edge, there is a book site which has uh, sections of the book, and it's got information about me and various chapters of the book and so forth. And uh, the book is uh, set to be released by uh, the distributor, Simon Schuster, around February 28th, and it will be available on bookstores and Amazon. It already is available for pre-sale, and we've had really good success with the pre-sale stuff so far. And uh, Todd, I'd I'd be happy to offer a few copies of the advanced reading copy to your audience if they reach out to you, and and you can let me know, and we could could get them a few copies that uh, I have access to in advance of the release. Outstanding. Well, I will. uh, So if you're listening to this and you want an advanced copy, just uh, email me at todd at intrepid.media, and I'll get with Sid and see if there's any left. I suspect these are going to go quickly, so don't don't waste any time reaching out on that. So, Sid, uh, once again, uh, it was great to have you on the show. I appreciate uh, the time, and good luck with the launch of this great book. Thank you so much, and I appreciate your time, and uh, thanks to your audience for listening and and not leaving change to chance. (laughs) The pleasure was ours. All right, Sid Mohasib, the author of the upcoming book, The Caterpillar's Edge, Evolve, Evolve Again, and Thrive in Business. Sid, once again, thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right, it's all the time we have for today, guys. Again, on behalf of my guest, Sid Mohasib, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business. Thank you for listening to Intrepid Media. We appreciate your attention. To receive everything we do, simply go to intrepidmailinglist.com. That's intrepidmailinglist.com and sign up. You can also find us at intrepid.media and on iTunes. And to support the important work we do on your behalf, a rating and review on iTunes will help spread our work far and wide. Again, we certainly appreciate your support. Now get out there, be intrepid, and we'll see you next time.